Hello. Okay, TJ, how are you doing? <laughs> uh, I'm doing just great. I was just I was doing a little quick cooking before our pod started up. Oh, what was Chef TJ whipping? I was whipping up just a small uh, Korean uh, banchan side dish that's kind of like a, a like a glazed potato type of situation. It'll be a little a little bit sweet, salty, sour kind of vibe with some with some kind of fried potatoes that are then glazed with some sesame seeds and some green onion to finish. Damn, sounds pretty nutty. Sounds a little nutty. I mean, it's it's a pretty simple dish, but we, you and I, are both visiting our friend Sam for a little little outdoor social distance backyard hang, and uh, and he's making Korean food. And we were talking before you you were telling me the the veggies need to be hitting today for you um, as a known vegetarian. It's it's, it's uh you know it's it's tough going in the world of Korean barbecued meats for you. And I was I was explaining to you that I can't I can't step on our host's menu. I don't um, I I consider you to be my personal chef. So wherever mm. I'm going, <laughs> the di- the dishes should reflect my dietary okay. restrictions. Okay, so I don't, I don't understand what's confusing. Okay, about that. now I understand. It's sort of like um, you know the phrase "diplomatic immunity" could be used here, where all you know certain rules and laws and restrictions. Do not apply to me as your personal caretaker and chef. Exactly, you get a, you get a pass. You 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 can say and do as you please, and you I'm able to think outside the bun when it comes exactly. to exactly. when it comes to making um, making his oh illustrious one pleased. I will well, I will I, stop at nothing. Last night I went to another outdoor social distance birthday celebration. Okay, um, and uh, the menu was. Uh, not catered to me, obviously, because it wasn't my birthday. Okay. Um, so I, I ended up eating some delicious homemade bread uh, that it, it was hitting so hard I couldn't believe it. Like I, I hadn't had something that good in a while. Really? There was a there. Jake had made a full paella, and <laughs> and but the motherfucker. I mean, he had squid, he had chicken, he had he had everything in it. It was like the full monty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. He had the he had the the deluxe meat lovers paella. Exactly. So I was left with some extremely good homemade bread and like tomatoes that were incredibly fresh. I don't usually like tomatoes, but they were so good I couldn't help myself. What kind of tomatoes are these? Just regular sliced red tomatoes, but they were fantastic. Yeah, I think so. They yeah, weren't. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't a cherry tomato. No, no. This was this is a, a fat boy. Got it. Got it. Well, I I picked up some tomatoes today and. Uh, I'll bring a handful by for you later, just to eat them raw dog. I'm um, not. That's the thing. I'm not a raw dog tomato guy, but it felt good last night. It felt like a summer meal. Well, know? much like your your unreal chocolates, these these are tomatoes that you can truly just pop like candy. Um, wow, Mother Nature's Where? skittle. Where did you obtain these at the at the Gatwater Farmers Market? No, 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 no. I, I went to Cookbook. Oh, you went for the real, the real white people shit. Yeah, I mean, because the I used to go to the farmers market all the time in Atwater Village. It was my neighborhood spot. I would walk there from my house, ride my bike there. It was a whole vibe. And then, uh, you know, it it got too blown up. The spot it was way too blown. And then you combine that with with uh, you know the coronavirus, and it's fucked up. You have there's there's a line of fifty people 
you know, baking in the sun just to like go walk around and fucking touch kumquats, you know? Oh, it's like, oh, I didn't think about that. That, that It's big. It it's a, a big ass line just to get into is, the farmer's market. And it is a I can't scene. be bothered. That, that farmer's market is a scene. And it's one that I don't love, to be honest with you. It used to be well. It used to be a scene that I did love, but you, it was it was too much of a show out scenario for you. You don't want to go to the to the farmers market and be, you know, have somebody look you up and down because of your outfit choices. I'm assuming. Well, I mean, people in LA can't dress, so they're looking at me to get tips. I would imagine. So that don't. I mean, that doesn't really bother a me. A beacon of light. The scene is. It's just too strollery. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too many fucking goddamn breeders, am I right, brother? Exactly. And they're like, yeah. who's this little fucking penny loafer wearing city <laughs> slicker coming through over here messing up with, with Brylene's teething schedule? <laughs> I don't exactly. know who freaking Drees Van whatever is. <laughs> I like that you've made Atwater Residence Southern somehow. Atwater's never given me that vibe. No, I, no, I, no. I, I, I like where you're going. Look, you this. you try doing some improv work that involves the word city slicker and not and not you know reducing your lingo into a Southern drawl. That's true. I've taken a break. Uh, I've taken a break from my 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 comedy practice. You know, while I've been here. Damn, the jokes is on ice. I wish uh, I wish I I knew what that felt like. Well, I'm I'm still working on a tight fifteen, but the but the the you know mm-hmm. it's without a special on deck. It's like what's the point? Right, right, right. You can't just sit around waiting for Delia to call you up to the big leagues. You still got to be <laughs> exactly as executive producer Chris Delia, my comedy special. Um, you know, it's, it's been it's been put on ice. Um, Damn, bro, for the obvious reasons. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm excited to, yeah, I was excited to have like a nice meal last night. It was really, it really hit for me to, to do that. I haven't done that in a while. You were, where the bros are all together. Well, it's just like, I, I feel very blessed. I just feel like I have friends that can really cook their asses off mm-hmm. and I can't, I can't do anything. So like I just show up, I'm, I mean, besides being the life of the party, you mm-hmm. know, um, I show up my your wine that that you chose for me to bring went over very well. Is that right? Yeah, Emil Emil said to me, he goes, Did you tell them you were buying wine for me? <laughs> I was like, bitch, what do you mean? He's like, Oh, I just I go there a lot. They know me. So I thought maybe they suggested these based on based on that. Mm. And I was like, damn, TJ really got the sixth sense for the fucking grapes. You probably didn't tell Emil that I picked it out though. Yes, I did. Yes, okay, I did. good. Because I still yes, I, I haven't earned his respect in the game, and every day I, I toil away <laughs> at it. I said that. I so said, this will help I me said, out. Well, that as a great guest, um, you mm-hmm. know, you have to you have to come with a gift, and I would never wade into these uncharted waters of wine dorkery. Yeah. Um, myself, so I have to call in a pinch hitter, and mm-hmm. you were you were that person. You really came through. I learned all of that from your, the strategist. You know, you got You you can't show up empty handed if you have no uh, if you have no skills or trade to trade. Then you show up with a bomb ass natty natty wine. Exactly, and you know, I I I, um, I had a I had a great curbside experience at Domain. Um, Shout out to Domain. I also told the proprietor that I don't know what I'm talking about. And then she said, you know, um, okay. But then I list off all these wines and she's like, it sounds like, you know, what you're talking about. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. 
the whole key to my shit is knowing is sounding like I know what I'm talking about. That's my whole shit. Yeah, man. That's sort of, uh, you know, what you build and base your entire business and career off of. Thank you, Jason, for noticing that as a friend and coworker. I'm glad that you recognize that I'm the leader. Of this not, group. not a hundred percent a compliment, but you, you did twist it that way very nicely. Well, of course I know what you're trying to do and I'm able to dip and dodge as they say. Yeah, uh, dip and dodge, not unlike your, your antics on and off the tennis court. <laughs> I saw that you, you said you played this morning. Is that right? I did play this morning. It was a little toasty out there, bro. Um, Are we going sh- a- We're not doing mask off yet? No, I don't do ma- mask off. Uh, in my opinion, if you're going to go mask off, and, and unfortunately, mask now, people think actual mask. We're talking about shirts. Mask um, off in terms of, uh, you know, cis cis male lingo means uh taking your shirt off uh during a a sporting activity i would i would not i i wouldn't do that unless i was like in in absolutely like camera ready shape (laughs) i thought you were gonna say i wouldn't do that unless it was like a life or death situation like i was in you know maybe like the the zach efron netflix travel show like in some you know crazy jungle somewhere where it was you know either the shirt or your life, but no, oh, it was, but are you ever going to be camera ready physique enough? I mean, in my opinion, probably not. Um, well, I mean, then let's you get know. you out of that shirt, big fella. Well, first of all, call me big fella, bitch. Um, I think that if Zac Efron lost a limb in the jungle and I had to give him a tourniquet, mm-hmm. I would say I would save Zac Efron's life with, with a graphic t-shirt. Right, right, right. And then his his last words through his last breath are like, yeah, well, if if I end up living, you should come by the house. I can probably give you a couple moves to kind of fill that chest out a little bit. <laughs> and then no, it's like, it'd like <laughs> No, I'd be like, <laughs> let, let, let me get a bump. <laughs> Aww. Uh, like, hey, I can get you some uh, some of these 500 milligram ibuprofens for that pain. Get up, get away. Uh, I would save. I would. I would sacrifice my well being for Zac Efron. He's given more to this world than I have. You're you know, goddamn right. You know, and I, I didn't even watch High School Musical, but I can only assume <laughs> uh, that it's that good based on the reviews and kind of its staying power in the marketplace. Yeah, I mean it's still constantly at the top of everyone's everyone's must must watch list, even to the, a, even in twenty twenty. Yeah, a must watch, which which I'll add it to my list, which is at this point you know extremely long. Um, mm. I haven't been able, you know, the 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 apartment doesn't have a TV, and I just can't watch shit on my laptop. I just can't do it. Damn, no TV movement. That's yeah, all, that, that is. That that sounds deal breaker esque for CB. Is it is it worth uh, uh, your trouble to just go cop at, at Best Buy and then return? A lot, a lot of that's a great idea. A lot of a lot of places don't have mm-hmm. don't have TVs. They're like instead like, of a flat screen, we've uh, we've included a vintage typewriter in case inspiration you strikes yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah, like we have some fake books on the shelf uh, if you want to flip through those. But no, I, I don't understand why. Uh, it's very common. I don't know. We have this TV. thing called vinyl. Have you ever heard of fucking that? <laughs> just sit down and listen to music the right way, okay? Yeah, if you could just listen to these, this selection of records we found at Urban Outfitters, we'd really appreciate <laughs> it. We've got that We've got that classic arcade fire on Gatefold oh. if, re- if you really want to jam out. Ooh, this I love the cover of this one. It's... it's um, 
rumors by (laughs) Flatwood Mac. Flatwood Mac. Oh, this is a cool cover. That would be appropriate. You know, that's a, I think that's a classic, like LA, you know, Mm, that's what you, you, you put that on and then you, you light up your, your CVD and then you just do a couple twirls around the room and you're like, Oh yeah, I'm on vacation. I'm officially on vacation now. If I'm listening to CV Nicks in any form, I'm wearing my witch costume, my like flowing skirt. So uh, a few spins would work for me for that. I think it would be nice. And you're also back back on the uh, on the bundle, as it were. If you're if you're <laughs> blasting some Stevie hard body. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a sh- um, it's a shame that you didn't uh, make it uh, far enough into the world of cocaine to catch up to everyone calling it a bundle. It's a, it's a great slang and a shame that you're not unable to use it. There's a couple other things I think that I would have done. It would have been cool if I would have gotten deeper into it, but that's like a whole other podcast, I think. Um, okay. You know, or, so. or podcast therapy session, whatever you want to call it. Well, I mean, I think you've had a friend blow Coke up your ass. I haven't. So it's a little <laughs> bit, you know, I'm, I'm just playing catch up, Jason. All right. All right. Uh, listen, um, listen to more happy hardcore and that could happen to you. <laughs> Oh my god. On that note Speaking of uh, EDM, let's bring our guest we on. <laughs> we do have a guest today. Um he is well known in the music business. Unfortunately, I don't know if he gets the respect he deserves in the EDM community, but that could change today. Yeah. Um that stops now. Uh his name is Kevin Griffin. Uh he is the the singer and songwriter of a band called Better Than Ezra. Um that had some big smashes in the late nineties. Uh their single Good was fucking number one for seven weeks baby we love to hear that Damn. um but anyway he, he also he's gone on to to be a pretty big songwriter uh he lives in nashville he's written for you know train blondie james blunt uh taylor swift covered his shit he's kind of everywhere um mm. he has a festival he has a festival he does in nashville that's pretty big and he also just did this insane like fundraiser for COVID that raised like 40 grand on like facebook live or some shit mm. um which is very interesting but um you know, we're going to talk to him about my favorite era. Uh, so sit back and buckle up, losers. 90s hive. Get your um, get your old headphones ready. Put your flannel on and settle in. <laughs> All right. Wonderful. Let's give him right. a jingle. Uh, all right. Damn, just, are you just sipping a fountain soda in the studio right I'm, now? My, I, I t- after, <laughs> after we went to, to go get my, my wife's car that was brought over from LA my kids were like McDonald's it was it was an onslaught i was out uh i was outnumbered and you know when you go i don't know if you have kids uh actually this is a kid free podcast until you joined us um, kid, well when you have kids they you end up reluctantly taking them to some place they haven't been in a while and then you indulge more than they do why don't you why, why don't you walk us through your Mickey D's order cab McDonald's uh i was pretty Restrained. The kids went <laughs> hog wild. I, I just did a, a large, um, a supersized meat French fry, <laughs> and then then I I was prudent and I uh, decided to wait uh, until after this podcast and eat uh, eat at home. Oh, mm. eat a real meal. Okay, I see. So you couldn't resist the temptation of the fries. Or the fries. Fries. The fries. The fries have always been my weakness. But also, <laughs> since you are a seasoned uh, vocalist, you know how you know certain meals might affect might in, uh, affect your phlegm and your your vocal range and tone, and you can't really compromise that. Well, it's funny you ask that because I've been 
known as being a student of different types of cooking oils and and <laughs> McDonald's uses <laughs> McDonald's uses a, uses a proprietary canola milk particulate blend. Ooh, that, really? Uh, I'm 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 just talking. Damn, I was, well, I was about to say, damn. <laughs> that uh, it actually uh, causes the flume to be quite viscous and <laughs> very. Uh, I was beneficial. I was one one million percent believing you. Yeah, same. Yeah, same. I mean, everybody, people are into weird shit. You know what I mean? Um, Whatever it takes. First question, though, how how tall are you? I'm 6'4". Oh, hell yeah. Okay, see, we have have an interesting ongoing theme on this podcast of tall men only. Um, Tall men only. um, I'm also 6'4". Jason, my my uh, co-host, Jason, tell him how tall you are. 6'9". 6'9". For real. Yes. For real. It's actually. I can barely get these headphones on. That's insane. That's insane. Yeah. Is it weird that I've still got my video on? No, 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 no. no, no, no. It's, it's fine. fine. A lot of people, a lot of people do. It, it. it um, is weird that you don't have a shirt on, but that's okay. You know what? You know what, man? You know, I'm in I'm in Los Angeles for a month. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to live the Los Angeles lifestyle as best I can. Which is shirtless. We've been exactly. trying to get Chris out of that shirt all day, and he's he's reluctant. <laughs> he he doesn't think his body is good enough, and I'm telling him, you know what, Chris, it is. Well, indoor amongst friends, I think is different than you know outside jogging or something. Mm-hmm. I think that's a little. I think it's. A little I want. I, I want to have where have a shirt made for when I go running that says "Put your shirt back on." I I look. I mm. think that running. No, no. Shirt- it, 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 it's usually just the guy jogging or hiking. You don't want to have with their shirt off. It's like you know. Yeah, it's like whenever you see some expose on swingers clubs on HBO or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's never the people you want to swing it's not with. the people you want to be swinging i mean it'd it's be true. different if they were more attractive i'm not saying i support that i'm i'm very against the swingers movement <laughs> but it's always just some you people in yourself. their 60s who discover their their sexuality or their nude their the beauty of their bodies and we i would rather not uh watch that anyhow i don't know where we got how we got there so are you a runner are you a runner Kevin? Um, I do run. I, I also, Chris, but, are you cutting I, your fingernails right now? No, 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 that's me. That that's a carabiner I've got. Oh, well, um, you know, it, it's a prop he brings on for a sound effect thing. Just let him let him get through his mm-hmm. process, Jason. But uh, yes, he does and, his uh, own click track. He does it all, man. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a I'm a runner. Uh, in that I I. Uh, I don't do long distances. I do like a couple of miles three or four times a week, and then I kind of go straight into just doing some uh, other, you know, mm-hmm. exercises. A little, little bit of weights and pull-ups and sit-ups. And it's all been at home. I've quit going to the gym because of the Rona, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> as, it, as it were. Um, do, you, so do you have a, like a proper home gym? You know, um, I, I've taken a part of my garage, and I, I ordered a really nice pull-up a kind of dip pull up dip station, I guess it's called. You know, sure. with, yeah, of course. And and there, most of them are really crappy that you buy online. But I, I did my due diligence and I found this one that looks like you could see it in a gym, and you can do all these. Depending on how inventive you are, you can do all these different types of pull ups, dips, and these uh, kind of incline push ups. And then I got a jump rope, a little uh, block that I do, uh, you know, box jumps on. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. It's this, it's this sixty-pound weighted foam block that I that I've overpaid for online. <laughs> People have got like 
people like what? alone on that. People are probably. like, "What is that?" I'm like, "It's a weighted foam block for for, <laughs> for box jumps." They go, "They're going, this is insanity. You paid money for this." I'm like, "Yeah." They go, "It's amazing," but I didn't even know a product like this existed. You know, and it's free to just jump on anything if you want to, right? You you would think, but this is <laughs> it's this this is engineered to yeah. enhance the box jumping experience. I'm sure. I'm familiar with that tool, and I do think it's nicer on the knees for the it, landing. It's, it, it's better on the knees and. Uh, uh, and then, then it tells you, you know, put it this way, and it's a thirty-inch box jump. This way's twenty. Oh, I see. I see. This way's twenty. Did you uh, did you ever think, as a young hot rock star, you would be hanging out in your forties and just jumping on stuff <laughs> as a way of maintaining your ultimate physique? Uh, you know, I, I I have jumped on top of a lot of people to get to the height. <laughs> On the on the backs of others, sure. Uh, on the backs of others, the shoulders of others. I've crushed others people to get my taste of glory. <laughs> that's the goddamn American way, brother. That's that's what you did. You now during the heyday when you were touring, like seriously, did, were you exercising at all on tour? Because I know it's a hard thing for people. To um, do. I, I've always been pretty. Uh, I've always taken well. I've always kind of exercised even on tour. But you know, there were times. When uh, you know you're you're drinking, sure. uh, you know more. You know you're in your twenties and thirties, and it's it's more of a party. We were always pretty. We look. We were no strangers to a really good time, but mm. uh, we always took care of ourselves to a, to an extent until until you don't. And then you. For, for me, it was like finally at some point I was like, you know, I'm I'm not I'm I'm just going to quit drinking. So I just I kind of quit all, everything. And uh, are you are you sober? I am a sober guy. How long? Uh, August tenth, but who's counting? <laughs> will be six years. Okay, nice. I'm like three and a half. So hey. we don't we don't have to we don't have to go deep. I just you know I think that's that, the whole that's a whole other podcast. The, yeah, no, I think so. I think, but I think the touring lifestyle is not um, healthy by any means in in any way really. Um, mm-hmm. But I I find that that nowadays a lot of people are bringing trainers on the road. It's like a pretty serious part of touring. Yeah, I mean, you know, a, a lot of people do. Uh, and depending on your uh, what kind of budget your tour has, you know, you've got uh, a vegan chef with you. Of course. And, it, you know, and it's and it's amazing. that. that but but there were fun, look, fun times, no regrets. We, we um, you know, we had a, we had a blast. And, but, but we're always pretty level-headed, level-headed. Um, but uh, gosh, there were some crazy times. What was the, what was the drink of choice back in the day? You know, it was uh, loved loved beer, and maybe it was uh, I think a kettle one and, and a, with a splash of cranberry. Mm. And then mm-hmm. there was a moment, a very an ill advised moment when we were we were calling them bloody bulls, and we were uh, <laughs> drinking. It was uh, Tito's and Red Bull and cranberry. Okay. And yeah, we, yeah. We, we got to where we, we got to where we would have a couple of those before each show, and after about a, six weeks, we it, we just asked our road manager. We, our, we were like, "Are we acting like jackasses on stage?" <laughs> like, how like, bad is this? He's like, "Yeah, yeah you are." <laughs> and we're like, "Oh my god, let's let's just put the brakes on." Uh, yeah, when but, Red Bull first came out and, and everyone realized it tasted pretty damn good with a bunch of vodka in it, I think mm-hmm. the whole the whole world just kind of went a little <laughs> sideways for a couple of years. No, that's yeah, true. That, it was very that's popular. That's the way it was. <laughs> but um, yeah, and uh, I mean, and who's gonna who's going to look sideways at so, like something that can actually enhance the buzz? Wait, this this has mm-hmm. this has 
caffeine and taurine and other things that rhyme with ean. I got to get my taurine. I got to get my warine. I got to get my colon nut. I got to catch a colon nut. Got to get all these chemicals in my body as fast as possible. Yeah, so it quickly, uh, but there was always those next days, you're like, why is my heart beating out of my chest? Oh, I had five Red Bulls and boxes. (laughs) Yeah, that will do it. You know, I always found it, I used to manage a band, and I used to find it fascinating that, you know, I was the manager, so I would just stand there and be fucked up. They they would... (laughs) They would get up there and play, and I'm just like, is this just some muscle memory shit where the lights come on, they hand you the guitar, and you can just go do it? You, I mean, there certainly is a muscle memory element. You know, it's the whole t- – it's, it's, a, it's a weird melange mm. of, uh, of 10,000 hours, that whole thing, yeah. mixed, mm-hmm. w- mixed with muscle memory, and I guess that's part of it, and, uh, and brav- sheer bravado and cockiness. Mm-hmm. And you can just – you could pretty much pull it uh, – anything off but you know for me I, I being the singer in the band and kind of carrying the narrative of the show it was always a little more uh, i i felt a little more uh mm-hmm. pressure i sure. always i always wish that i was just playing bass and not singing much maybe doing some bvs every once in a while but I always had to be somewhat <laughs> articulate or uh yes and but 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 i had a p- pretty good uh you had a script down, I would imagine. Yeah, I, I did a, a bit, but then also I could I could handle my liquor and um, and that's a and pretty good argument for making sure you make a little bit more money than everyone else in the band too. You know, hey, I gotta pull I gotta pull the extra <laughs> weight, guys. Thank you very. Much. <laughs> I was about to say he's Fine. been having this I argument mean, for thirty years. Fair is this. fair. Fair is fair, but I do think that part. You're right, though. Like having the having the the mindset of having to like basically carry on a conversation with the crowd, you know, in between songs. Does add to the add to the the pressure of the live performance. And it, I I, I yeah. think so, but but luckily I've always been a pretty um, gregarious guy, and you know um, it, I love talking to people and and just in kind of a not taking ourselves seriously. So I wasn't I was never a pensive you know sure. quiet artist. So and and that goes to to this day. I, I just like talking to the crowd and having fun, maybe to to a fault. <laughs> It also well, helps it, when your crowd is as fucked up as you might be as well. Sometimes, yeah. But now they're not. Now they're now they're you know, yeah. they're older. You know, and if they are gonna, if they are as fucked up, then that's just really sad. <laughs> like how many how many bottles of Chardonnay did it take for you to get to this level? <laughs> right? I, was gonna, I was gonna ask though. Now that you put out a solo record and obviously the band still tours, has the crowd mostly aged with you? Are you seeing young people, or is it kind of a mix? Man, it is a really cool mix, uh, and we we have. It's funny on the far on on one far end is you know I'll be playing the show and I look out and I see people who look like you know really elderly, you know, gray hair, <laughs> and I'm like, wait, are are they here to see us? Yeah, and they're singing along every word, and then I'm, then it dawns on me like, oh, we've been around for you know the first album came out nationally twenty five years ago uh, this year, and so hey, if they were if they were thirty when they got into us, then well, okay, are thirty you know or uh, older that makes sense, and then uh, and it's and it's it's a little odd at first, and then like this is awesome. I'm still doing this and people are enjoying it. And then you see young people and maybe they're, sometimes they're the kids uh, of, yeah, of your yeah. fans. Uh, but then people who got into your later albums and it, just there's just so many different ways people get into your music and discover it. 
And uh, so it's it's a, it's a really nice mix. But I would say, in general, I expect to see people, you know, in their 30s and ups at a Better Than Ezra show. But I'm I mean, always surprised when kids – and I'm like, how do you – you know, they're, they're, they're – after the show, they want to take photos or whatever. I'm like, how do you guys – Get, how'd you get in how do you get in the like, band my kids like, don't even know who i am how do you guys you know, know about it's us it's amazing and they'll have just great explanations and it's cool and um you know because i think all of us you know i was i was a fans of bands that you know maybe weren't uh, who'd been around a long time and i i discovered their albums i was like this is great i dig this and i would go see them you know uh and it's great to be in that position to uh to kind of have the Table. Full circle. Yeah, Full as, circle. as you get older, it probably is a great confidence booster as well. Of like, man, because you know, you know, everyone is kind of afraid of seeing relevant as you know, as as Father Time ticks away. I think every every musician, no matter how big they are, whether it's you know Billy Joel selling out Madison Square Garden, Billy Joel no, is a notoriously you know thin skinned or insecure guy about his place in music in in the, in the pantheon of music as right? you should at be the, he's always know, he's always on at, on probation for me you, you know he's <laughs> he's right he's so good though but but i think all the point is you know even someone who so clearly is gifted and had a massive epic career or somebody like me you know you have those insecurities of a uh, of your relevancy and 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 then if you're really smart and you stick with it, then you get to the point where you're like, man, I I'm been allowed to do this career my whole life, something I dreamed about when I was second in second grade, re- literally, and um and I'm getting to do it, and I make a great living, and I have a blast, and I get to live my I get to do what I I would do anyways on a daily basis, and then you then you get to this point of gratitude and say, wow, I'm in the you know in the top two percent. Of musicians who start out as musicians, because not many of us, in the scheme of things, get to do it as a career. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, I'm, I'm just like, you know, because because when you're younger, you go down the road. Why, why haven't I gotten this? Why didn't this record sell? Or whatever, you know. Why, why am I not seen? Why am I not regarded like Tom York or Radiohead? You know. And then you get, then you get over those silly kind of thoughts, and you get uh, to a place where you're grateful and and you really enjoy the the career. Mm-hmm. Well, you, I feel like you've seen. All of it, because I mean, I, you know, like the there was a time where you you guys probably benefited greatly from radio and what that means. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, for sure. And now it's basically streaming is all that matters uh, in, in a lot of ways. Um, and I, I don't think many people have have had a career through both of those things. Well, thank. Well, certainly I have. You know, and 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 better than Ezra got to see the. The end. We came in right at the, the the big bang, the big end of the old music industry, where mechanical uh, sales, which is the physical album, physical sales of CDs and vinyl and cassettes, you know, was really still big, and and they were and labels were making money hand over fist, you know, and then you know in '99, Sean Fanning came along with Napster, and then it was just you know chaos for a while and it's really the dust is really just starting to settle but i tell you you know so and then those times when everyone was figuring out how do you monetize what we do um now streaming with you know subscription services the labels are the labels are posting bigger profits than they ever have quarterly now but that said the the songwriters um we're still we're getting the shaft still and getting a portion of that streaming income and that's a whole long story why, but it, it's finally getting 
uh, addressed with things like the Music Modernization Act that was passed last year to bipartisan support. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but you know what, man? You know, it, it's, it's funny. Um, there's just a lot more income streams. They're smaller, but uh, they can add up to something that's pretty great. And, and then as a band, you know, uh, whether you have old music or, you know, I, I still have the better than Ezra stuff. And then I, I've always written for other artists, um, you know, the, syncing your songs to, to film and TV. Of course. And yeah. There's, it's the best. So, there's so, there's such a vast world out there of, uh, the Amazon primes and the, and what's Apple. the number, what's the number one sync? Maybe let's go. What's number one of all time. The number one sync. What do you mean? The song that's been synced the most, or no? No, I'm talking biggest money. Biggest. We're check, talking. We need money, a. We need money. a dollar amount here. <laughs> I, think, I, I think probably. Wow, probably the the, the stupidest it ever got was good. <laughs> good. Um, remember, there was a a series of young adult books called The Babysitters Club. Oh yes, yes. That, and, uh, there's a new show right now. Just oh, it doesn't. It doesn't surprise me because it was a huge book. But there was a movie that came out in '96, and they came to us and they wanted to use good in the uh, in the trailer. It wasn't even the film, just the trailer. Yeah. And they the first offer was 250k, and then we said absolutely not. We're an alternative band, <laughs> and then which was and what would this would this it, was like. Like late nineties, I'm assuming. This, yeah, and yes, and then this, so, is, this isn't a time where where selling out was still very much looked oh, down well, upon. Yeah, well, this was still this is right before Moby kind of uh, did the the blew sea the change. Doors Mo- blew the Moby doors came, off. Yeah, when Moby came along with play and and licensed every song on that album for millions and millions, and finally it became cool to to sink and brag about it. Mm-hmm. But this was before that. Yeah. Um, uh, hold a second. Let me turn. I'm realizing. Am I charging now? My yes. Uh, <laughs> so so anyway. So so we kept saying no to them because we're like, we're, no way, we're doing that. Then they came back. With, I think I think finally it was like at five fifty, five hundred fifty k for like a fifteen second use of it in the trailer only, and we said yes. So. Mm. Uh, that was good, but other songs mm. like I think you made the right decision. That was you know, good. Just, just looking back, hindsight twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah, you know? hindsight twenty twenty. But but different songs, you know, um, you know what it was. Collide was it, it did really well. So um, you you co wrote that song, right? Yes, that song was like inescapable. That song was inescapable, and, ch- and check this out. Let's let's hope it's about to be inescapable inescapable again because um, Lil, Lil Peep. The uh, no covered the, it. The, yeah, the the rapper who died two years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. He and a guy named Coldheart, who's still alive, did a. They sampled the song, and they have a song called "Me and You," and it's coming out. Uh, the official it's it's been underground for them, but it, the the official release comes out July twenty seventh, and so I have a part of that because uh, they use this. You know, they've sampled the song, so I'm hoping it, it, it has actually- a whole new. That is the most full circle. I was talking about wow. with, a, with a songwriter, producer, friend last night about Lil Peep because a lot of people in the business were like, this guy's it. Like, this guy's got it. You know, he's he's really going to go. He's good looking. He's talented. And obviously, yeah. he, he died super young. Um, but I, I didn't realize he had... So there's like a, a album coming out, like official, like major I, label I'm not release. even sure. I, I just know that the single's coming out because it took them a long... They, they contacted me back in... January because they had to get it, uh, the sample approved with Epic and you know yeah. and, and the and the 
publishers, my publisher, and and Howie did Davis. You, now, do you do you like what they did with it? I think it, you know what it's 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 just. I told people I go. It's just bad enough to be huge. <laughs> <laughs> Like, wow. You know, it's, Spoken like it's, a true songwriter. I can approve you know, this one. I can approve this one. I can approve it. It's just bad so enough. So how, how does that – I mean, is that the first time you your music has been sampled but like for um, like a hip-hop or electronic music I, song? I think uh, – I, I th- well, this kind of – not an EDM, but this cool sample-based artist called Girl Talk. Mm. Yes, yeah. We're familiar. Yes. Sampled some better than Ezra in the past, but uh, oh, just going real, real quick, going back to Little Pete, and you said mm-hmm. you mentioned him. It's just, a, it's, a, it's a, such a shame that all those, uh, a lot of those, and they, they, I guess it was a, it's such a little kind of moment. The artist with the Lil in front of it, you mm-hmm. know, more than a few of them have died. You know, then there's Mac Miller who died. All these guys who were doing drugs that, and then that, that were laced with fentanyl, mm-hmm. and they're gone. You know. This and, literally, uh, I was literally having this conversation about like anybody who's it's really happening for. It seems like they die, you know. And it's and, and it's, if it's not drug related, it's violent, you know. It's it's a it's a shooting or whatever. But like the drug, I mean, the fentanyl shit is crazy and how it affects like that world specifically. Juice World, the Juice World, same thing. Juice, Juice World, you know. It's it's just well, look and. You know those those people got stuff that was laced with it, and then there's people like Prince who were doing it because yeah, they yeah. were in so much pain, and it's just a shame. I mean, thank God, honestly, I don't do drugs anymore because everywhere uh, fentanyl is popping up, killing people or almost killing them, and it, and uh, it's just scary times. Well, I, it's in it's in everything. I mean, it's in it's in everything. It's in pills. It's like you can't really you know it's it, it's, it's nuts. It's nuts. And why would people put that in coke? Because I, I don't hopes to be, either. you know, it's just like, <laughs> why would a, you do A question that? we've asked but, many times on this podcast. In my, yeah, in my day, they cut coke with like fake baby powder. You know what yeah, I mean? Like you, don't, just, cut, you yeah. don't cut coke with another drug that could kill somebody. I don't, that, 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 that brings you down, right? You, yeah, we're going to lose your customer base too. It, it seems like a it, bad it, business decision. It's bad, just bad business decision. But anyhow... Uh, that's just because the yeah. FBI is putting it in there, guys. You sound that's a good point. I'm sorry. We need to open up our third eye a little Ke- bit more. Yes, yeah, Ke- right. You got to get woke oh, on that shit. Open your third eye, Kevin. Well, that's that's interesting. I'm actually excited to hear this because that song was so big, and I remember. I mean, what what era was that? Like 2005, 2006. Uh, yeah, it's 2006 is when it was when it hit, and uh, yeah, I mean that that you know the 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 having written. You know whether it's Ezra stuff or had a few country hits, and you know then there's the the hot AC and top forty. The the songs that can can impact you the biggest as a songwriter are a lot of those uh, often the hot AC songs because that format it takes so long for the song to get go up the charts because they just it's a they just sit on songs and then once it's up there it doesn't go away and it's that middle of the road kind of um, genre that uh, movies uh, yeah. You know, and, and advertisers, sponsors want to to sync because it's so harmless. You know, it, could, everyone you, loves could it. Could you explain what what that stands for for our listeners who might not know? Oh, uh, this the word sync. No, no, hot AC, hot, hot AC. AC. Oh yeah. Well, well, a couple of things. Well, first, sync. When you say well, I, just to be, let's be mm-hmm. really thorough. Sync means synchronization. It's literally when when a a commercial, whether it's Apple or McDonald's or Buick or a movie, wants to synchronize, meaning take your song and 
and connect it to their visual image. It, it's mm-hmm. synchronization. That's edit, so when you hear edit oh, their I got a video big, to your song. Yeah. So when you hear when you hear songwriters say, "Oh, I got a big sync license," um, that's that's what you mean. Um, and, and, and that is, to be clear, that is like a huge form of income for almost any uh, any artist. Oh, yeah. No, I mean that's like a big deal. I mean. You know, on every level for every genre. You guys, oh you guys God. are very familiar with mailbox money. Yeah, yes, and, and yes. for the longest time as an artist, you, uh, you, uh, you, you were embarrassed by that. You would never say, you know, yeah, our song is coming out on Applebee's next week. Uh, <laughs> yeah. that but now you're like, yo, yo, Applebee's just licensed his shit. Check it out. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> and, and it's great. Um, uh, wait, what was the, and what was hot, the, a, hot AC? Oh, hot AC. Stands for um, a, well, ACs is a radio format called Adult Contemporary, mm-hmm. and it, and that's that's artists like Michael Bublé and stuff like that. Then Hot AC skews a little younger, and you can have an artist like uh, Howie Day, or now you you know like One Republic, mm-hmm. um, Sarah Bareilles, that kind of stuff. All the classics, and, and maybe Lady all the Gaga. greats. Yeah, all the greats, all the greats. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean. That, but that to me is the music that I, I refer to that as like grocery store music. Yeah. Like you can hear those songs from that, from hot AC songs from any era, you can still hear in public all the time. Like Christina Perry, you know, a thousand years or something like that. I mean, that's. that's How did you, did you get into the country shit because you moved to, to Nashville? Is that part of the No, I, I got into the country world. I was living in Silver Lake. I was out there. I've been here in Franklin, Tennessee for. January will be 10 years. Uh, and I was out in LA and I was Where's writing. You, where, where did you live in Silver Lake? I lived on uh, Lantern and Terrace, which is right off of Mitchell Torina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, right up there at the top of where Mitchell Torina goes over the hill, goes mm. over the mountaintop. Mm. Uh, mm. And there's there's a little spur, this great little street called Lantern and Terrace. I lived there when I was there last. Um, but I've lived in LA many times since the, since I got out of college in early nineties, but welcome to um, Hollywood. Welcome to Hollywood. Yeah, we'll, I want to get into some, some, some nineties, early two thousand swingers era LA life for you. Oh, we'll we'll get into that later. <laughs> I was a bartender at a lot of those places, but, mm. um, yeah. So, uh, wait, Silver Lake, what Co- you were saying? Country, country. Oh show. yeah. So I was writing, uh, with this guy named Shy Carter and Shy, um, was a was a rap producer. He he his biggest. This is 2010, and he had had a lot of success in the past with Nelly. He'd produced okay. a lot of that stuff, and he was this young kid. And uh, we were we were riding in my studio in Atwater Village, and he was like, uh, and, and and at the time, Jason Mraz, I'm Yours was really big, and a train Hey Soul Sister. And I was just like, on my guitar, I was just, uh, I was like, let's do something like that. It was one of those sessions where no one, neither one of us had an idea, but we were like very overt, like what's, what's hot on let's the Let's write right a song now. that can make us a lot of money. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. and, and so we did that for about two hours. And, uh, and I was just, and we played around with stuff and we were getting nothing. And it was one of those days where, you know, I'm looking up in the top right hand corner of my, my laptop at the, at the at the time, just slowly ticking by going, oh, my mm-hmm. God, this is going to be one of those sessions. We took a break. We went and got some coffee. We came back. And Shy went out, sighed, and he goes, yo, Kevin, I'm going to get some herbal inspiration. <laughs> and, and I was like, uh, okay. And um, I came back in, and he, he, had, he came back in the studio, and he was, he was suit, suitably elevated mm. um, on another plane of existence. Mm. And he was like – and so I – 
I had built this little kind of um, tra- uh, track, a little loop of me tapping on the guitar and making some kind of sounds. And he was like, yo, give me a vocal track. And we put auto-tune on this track. And I've got a guitar right here. So, so I was going like this. And just those three chords, like a campfire chords. And he started singing through auto-tune. And if you don't know what auto-tune is, you know, you've heard of uh, T-Pain and all that kind of stuff. But basically, it's an app for a recording platform where you plug in the key of the song that you're 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 recording and then anything you sing will be in tune with that uh, chord it'll be a third or a fifth or the main melody so that's the way a lot of pop songs are created just just you just fish around for melodies and he was yeah. fishing around and we got this melody and within 20 minutes we'd written this song and I was like, I knew that this was a hit song. And I, I called up uh, Jennifer Nettles from Sugarland. I was like, hey, are you guys done with your album? She's like, no, we're recording in five days and we need a single. And I was like, I have your first single. And it never happens that way. And sent her the song. It was called Stuck Like Glue. And it became a massive song for them. Um, but that's how I got into country. I was like, well, this is easy. Uh, <laughs> so Atwater Village, the Nashville of L.A., baby. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> But but you know what I, I had to all I'm an, I'm a southerner I'm from New Orleans I was born in Atlanta um, oh you are, you know I'm from Atlanta actually yeah I'm, yeah yeah, yeah. I, I was just there I've, I've oh wait a second this is right somebody's got a 404 I, I that, yeah that. that's me I didn't uh, but I think that country music did you did your parents like grow up listening to it was like part of the household no me no it, me it, for me it was Elvis and and Janis Joplin and the Beatles and you know but I was missing the South I I already saw there was a uh, a movement that you know uh, people were moving to Nashville and and Nashville wasn't just g- going to be country anymore it was going to be every all music and the quality of life you know wh- how you can live here compared to how I was living in LA which I, I love my place but I just had two I just had twin boys so that made three boys and I was living in this this kind of glass house this 50s modern post you know Post and Beam was it Post and Beam? Am I getting that correct? Sure. Yeah. Sure. You were you were you were living in a in a stabbing cabin it, it, it and was, you got three kids. It's, it was it's a time death to grow trap up for toddlers. It was a toddler mm. death trap. Got it. Um, but so anyway, so in 2011, moved to uh, to Franklin, Tennessee, and 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 bought this beautiful home on property and built a studio and and I haven't looked back. But really. So it was a combination of knowing I needed to be back down south because I missed SEC football and I missed the Gulf Coast, and then I wanted to live better and and maybe also at the time I was still kind of drinking, not drinking a lot, but I would still uh, have late nights and I was maybe pulling what you call a geographic when like oh if I leave LA, yeah. uh, my life will change from the in- inside and out as you know <laughs> as, as you learn you realize that you know, anywhere you go, there you are, um, kind of thing. And, uh, but so it was a lot of things that kind of conspired to push me to Nashville and I'm glad it did. And, and, and so I still write country, but I'm, I'm still mostly rock and pop. And I, I work a lot with, I guess, bands that would be called alternative, but what's the, you know, I, I've asked this question to all my friends that are in the biz, especially the writing crowd, but like, has there been a time, I, I has somebody really blown you away? Like, and just sing their ass off, like in a way that like shocked you. Oh my god! There's been so many Kanye. That I've been, 
Kanye. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you know, uh, there's there's people I get to work with whose voices. Um, I mean, because I feel like a lot of people can't fucking sing for real. Is is why most, I'm this. Most people. Yeah, can't I, really I got to say, so, so so right off the bat, some voices that just blew me away that were so damn good. Well, one voice is as a very popular guy, Pat, Pat Monahan from Train has such a great gift. He has such a distinct voice. Um, so I've, I, you know, and it inspires you to write melodies because he has so, so much headroom. Um, Delta Goodrum, who's an Australian artist, uh, she's huge in other parts of the world. Not a lot, not a lot of people know her here. Yeah. Um, um, Missy Higgins, who's another Australian uh, woman, uh, female artist, who's wow. amazing. Who knew these Aussies, huh? They uh, you know, I've I actually I've done a lot of writing in uh, with and had a success with Australian artists. Um, Howie Day, great voice. Um, who else? Uh, who who just have such command of their voice and their intonation, or meaning how well on pitch they sing? Um, who are some other people? Uh, that's what I, I just I've heard stories of just like, yeah, you know, I I was walking up the hill and somebody was working with Adele and I could hear it from the street. You know what I mean? Just some like, oh, just like break a window shit. That's like there's, so there's, crazy. there's people you get to. I, I work with a lot of there's a lot of artists I work with that you, you just you haven't heard of because they're not household names like Brie Kennedy, um, who's an amazing young artist and their voices are just it takes me five or six takes when I'm singing and I use pro tools to record to get to the point where I'm, I'm not cringing when I listen back. And Then I go through the process where I do some, I do some judicious tuning of my vocal. Uh, but, but the vocal chain is, the vocal chain is very long. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Very long. Okay. You're, uh, prof- but, you're a professional. You have to send out polished material. You can't. But so many know. people, man, you, you, I'm blown away. Uh, I, really, I was a late bloomer. I, I feel like as a songwriter, as a performer, uh, and I, I get to work with a lot of artists who are like are in their late teens and early twenties, and they're so accomplished and uh, and composed. Uh, I certainly was a I was a hack compared to to some of the people I get to work with. And are you one of those guys though that never really cared about singing? You wanted to play guitar, then you just happened to be the singer. No, I mean singing always came naturally to me. My main thing that I love to do is write songs, and guitar sure. was the way I was able to kind of get that song down. I'm do you play? Do you play piano and everything too? I I, I play it. All, I play it all to to lesser and lesser degrees of proficiency. It, it's it's guitar is my instrument then there's a there's an incredible uh fall off in in talent <laughs> it's just it's just yeah it goes back i was writing there's a band uh i've written a lot with ed robertson from Pure naked ladies he's one of the funniest guys you'll ever meet and uh he uh, he was down here at the studio in nashville and i was playing bass on a track we just written and I was put and, and I and I produced and put the tracks together and I finished with the bass part and I and I was like all right uh let's put some keyboards and I looked back at him and he, his, his mouth was just hanging open he was like that was the most ham-fisted bass part <laughs> I've ever heard <laughs> so I was like I was like, God, good, 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 good on you for using it's the a, word "amphisted." It's a demo, bro. <laughs> Relax. You know? But let me see. But some some other great young artists who have amazing voices. Uh, Luke Spiller from the Struts. Um, Luke, do you know the band the Struts? Are they from LA? 
they're a they're a British band. Uh, I think they live in L.A. right now. They're on Interscope, and and they've been out. They were out touring a lot with Foo Fighters. They're like a they're like um, a Queen meets ACDC, and he's got this these pipes that are just insanity. And so I can come up with any idea, and he just nails it. Uh, well, I guess you that's could, the thing. I guess that is if if you know somebody has it like that, then you can write it. Uh, different, it's it's it's, it's, su- it's super inspiring when you work with an artist. Um, and I've worked with artists who have t- terrible voices too. That it's like, that it's like, like some type of chemical that removes paint. <laughs> that, if, you, if you could, if you could put that into a voice box and make it a sonic something sonic as opposed to a as opposed to a liquid, that I, I've had that happen as well. <laughs> That's why God invented auto tune. That's why God. Is there, there, there are, there, science has its limits, guys. <laughs> <laughs> how uh, with, how. How uh, I'm sorry. How how hard do you work to try and stay on top of like the current musical trends, or do you not really pay attention to it that much? I'm able to do it because I'm such a fan of music. You know, I it will for on a few fronts. It helps having kids. Like Mm -hmm. I, my oldest son is 21. My youngest, my twins are 11. And, and they're, you know, they're like typical kids listening to rap and, mm-hmm. and some pop, but, but discovering rock too. So, you know, my 21 year old has, uh, I, you know, he, I always listen to the stuff he's listening to, but then I'm always listening to, you know, the new music Friday playlist. And I just love discovering new music and, and, and then working with young artists, you know, I get to listen to what they're down with and, um, and then just because it's new influences, it's new chord progressions and voicings. Mm-hmm. And so it just keeps it fresh for me. Um, I think that if I didn't write outside of being an artist, then then um, I would have trouble kind of knowing what's going on. But at the same time, I can't escape, you know, where I'm from and, and what I'm imprinted with musically. You mm-hmm. know, the, what, what I'm really what I'm really good at, what my wheelhouse is. And that'll always be, mm. I'll, I will always default to certain tricks of the trade. Um, that said, I'm always trying to say, okay, how do I, I don't want to, here's what I would normally do here in the song. Let's not do that. Mm-hmm. Let's do, let's, let's, what's, let's not, you know, do the, you know, a half as long second verse. Let's not do the broken down third course. What can we do? And then let's listen to some cool stuff. What do you? What have you been doing? Oh, I've I love I love this new Christian Lee Hudson record. Um, or um, I love this insert you know cool band. What do What do they do on that song? And then you go listen to it and you get inspired. Um, I I I think it for me it's critical to to um, always be searching and being inspired and being challenged with new music. And I think it's such a great time as a as a music fan to be listening to music because the because the um, access to music is so great. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm I'm a kind of a uh, unabashed optimist about where music's going, and even though there's challenges, I mean, for example, I have I have a subscription to Spotify. You know, I do the ten dollar month premium service or whatever it's called. At the same time. You know, I know that Spotify is ripping songwriters off. You know, mm-hmm. and they're 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 appealing the that that the act that I mentioned earlier, the Music Modernization Act. They're appealing at to not have to pay uh, just a small increase, but a, a step towards some parity in uh, what songwriters get. So they're really mm-hmm. so there's a kind of dichotomy but with it's like, like it's basically unavoidable, is what you're saying. 
Yeah, I mean, I love a great, I love the service, and and it, yeah. you know, the, and it's so intuitive. Spotify, it's great. Kevin, but did you also know you can use it to listen to some of your favorite podcasts as well? <laughs> huh. Huh. <laughs> yeah, just something. Just, just download cool. the Spotify app now, okay? Just, huh. just something we would, just something we would drop in there. Yeah, um, oh, I like that. But no, I, 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 I'm the same exact way. I used to love owning my music even if it was like an mp3 file i used to really want to get the wave file or or a flac file to have a good quality of it and yeah you know to play it out and you know bring it with me on in the car or on my computer or whatever and now i fully don't give a shit i just stream everything off of spotify it, 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 me too and uh i don't know if funny. that means i've given up um, no, well, there's a few things. Well, well, one, thank God that the the bit torrent um, era is gone, where you were st- uh, we you could steal some. <laughs> yeah, that, that is. I just yeah, got well, Hamilton for free, baby. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but most people, I was about to say, yeah, I think yeah, I it is it is definitely though. I think moved towards like TV and movies more than music. Maybe, maybe just in my world, that's the only time I hear about torrent. I just needed to make it easy enough to where was, you don't feel like stealing anymore. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, you're right. You, you're actually really on point there. It's all about uh, how easy is it? Mm-hmm. You know, what's the easiest thing? If you make it super easy and and intuitive, then people will pay for that service. And yeah. that's what they've done with, with, with Spotify. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's... Uh, Let's take it back to the '90s, as Jason was saying. Where did you work in Hollywood? Oh, I know where he worked so, in in Hollywood. I, I I did some online research. Chris oh, Chris you, is a is a big fan of the inner workings of the music biz, and I I think I read that you were out there at CAA back in the day. Well, when I first well done. Well, were you, were you in Ovitz? Were you in the Ovitz era? So so I was um, when I moved to LA. I had graduated LSU and Ezra had played a year and then we took a break and I, I lived in Aspen for a year being a ski bum and playing après ski and wow. then I moved very, to Aspen. Very, I bet that was very cool for it you. It was such a – we could do a whole <laughs> podcast on just the Aspen experience. I bet you were really living the dream <laughs> at that Oh my God. At that time. It was – A lot uh, of good yeah, cougars from, up there on the on – the, From, on from the hanging out – from <laughs> hanging out with, with ski instructors to Michael Douglas and George Michael. It was mm. craziness. Two it was a good time. Two, two of my favorite guys with Michael in their name. All right? The great, all the great Michaels um, are up there in Aspen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so amazing. Buble, um, Jackson? I, I ended up in uh, in L.A., and I was I was a bartender at first at a, a restaurant called uh, Border Grill in Santa Monica, Ooh. which was this amazing uh, – I know those ladies. Uh, yeah, Susan Susan Finnegar and Mary Sue Milliken, they're great. They're they're on the Food Network and mm-hmm. then they had City Restaurant on La Brea and 6th and it was more refined kind of uh, I guess it was kind of a 90s concept. Uh mm-hmm. it's no longer there, but they they still do well. But during that time, uh you know, Ezra we we were we made the record that became Deluxe. We made it on half-inch 16 track analog tape which if you know anything about it that's almost hobbyist quality and we did it in an apartment in west hollywood on south flores street um i would like to point i would like to point out the the absolute you know chest poking bravado that it takes to call your debut deluxe i really like that oh oh (laughs) well you know it was it was it was because there was a we had a old photo i took of my girlfriend's foot on a bicycle and the bike the bike this vintage bike was said super deluxe we just love bike deluxe is so cool let's do that and then we, i mean we did everything ourselves but 
to answer your question, yes, I work I worked at CAA in the mailroom during the Ovitz era with Fred Spector, and we were in that I Am Pay building, which is now Sony, I believe. Yeah. Um, but it was a. Uh, I worked. I busted my ass to get a job there because I, I I always was I always wanted to. I always wanted a safety net, at least the the illusion of a safety net. If music didn't work out, I was going to go to law school or I was going to be an agent or something. You know, music ended up winning out. Um, but I spent a, I spent about six months at CAA. You know, I worked really hard to get the job. You know, if you don't know about the mailroom program at the, the big agencies, you know, the way you get your entree into the, uh, you know, to the, the, the gilded halls of being an agent <laughs> is, is, is you've got to, you've got to, uh, work in the mailroom. And I was in there with, you know, Harvard grads and, and Stanford grads. And I was this LSU grad. And, uh, and I re, I really realized in short order that this is not what I want to do. I want to have them working for me. And the amazing thing is CAA is what is an agent for a project I do, which is nice. But so I, I was, I was going to ask, I was going to ask if they ended up being your, Oh yeah. William Morris and CA actually, I, Ezra is represented by William Morris and solo. And then one project I do with Mark McGrath, uh, is, is represented. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? Yeah, yeah. This is a Sugar Ray positive podcast. Just to let you know, I'm sorry. What do you do with with Entertainment Tonight's Mark McGrath? He's he's actually extra. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. There you go. Let's let's be let's be clear. Let's get it right. Um, I'm all for. I apologize to my co-host. So (laughs) it's a great pivot for him. So um, Mark and I have been friends, and we started this this well about five years ago. I wrote this song with a guy named Jamie Moore and Rodney Clawson. They're two big country writers, and it was called BYHB, Bring Your Hot Body. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> and it, it, was a, it was a pitch for Florida Georgia Line. And 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 they actually liked okay, the song. Okay, never mind. Now it makes sense. Okay, now, now it makes sense. Yeah. And they, they didn't cut it, and it was languishing. And Ezra was doing a tour with Uncle Cracker and Sugar Ray, and I was like, you know what? Ooh. I'm gonna I'm gonna I, I reached out to Mark and Uncle Cracker, and I was like, hey, I've got this song to 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 to, to publicize this tour. Let's all three sing it, and we formed this band called Uncle Ezra Ray. And if you go on Spotify, (laughs) if you go on Spotify, you can listen to BYHB "Bring Your Hot Body" uh, by Uncle Ezra Ray. So, but so so that's a a play on BYOB, but you're replacing bring your bring your own bottle to bring your hot body. Bring bring your got it, got it. Body, okay. But guess what? Uh, just, just, just check any coolness at the door and play the song, <laughs> and, and and any good taste. And it's actually for that kind of bro country, it's awesome. Uh, oh. But anyways, so me and Mark and and Cracker, we did this song, and it it it, it, it actually did well. And um, then that kind of uh, we just never toured it or anything. But later, me and Mark got together with Emerson Hart from Tonic. And we have Uncle Ez. We have Uncle Ezra Ray. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We have Ezra Ray Hart. And now for four years, we've been like this corporate juggernaut. Uh, so if if you're Amazon or or uh, gosh, insert, they um, hire company, you guys. You guys come play. 
we we come and play. We do our hits, and then we play other '90s songs. And we were man, this this fall we were going to be doing all these county fairs mm. and stuff, and actually putting out new music. And then Corona hit. But so Ezra Ray Hart is a, is a ongoing uh, band that I do, and we have such a good time because we all three get to sit back and not have to be the front man. It's and kind of, uh, it's it's very interesting to me that you're you're such buddies with kind of your contemporaries from that that era. Oh yeah, it's, it's um I, I feel like I, I guess I just don't expect that. Not even like for a good reason. I, I don't know why. I'm, I'm just well, a little surprised. It, it's, it's it's actually kind of accurate for. I mean, bands bands by by definition, you're kind of insular and you've got an you got a chip on your shoulder. You think for you're sure. better than your, your than your peers, and then. Uh, and there were plenty of bands that we weren't close with, but, um, certainly the bands that you hit it off with, like the guys in Tonic and, and Mark and Rodney and Sugar A and other bands that you're just, they're just good people. And, and we also kind of recognize like, Hey man, we're from the, we, our bands will always be known, you know, as nineties bands, whether we like it or not, let's, let's, let's embrace that mm-hmm. and, and use it and have fun with it and, and, and make this another income stream and something fun to do. Cause the fans love it. Um, yeah, and it go seems on. Like you have a very good business acumen of like kind of learning how, how to play the, the record and the, and the music game, you know, um, you, you, well done. Well, well, thank you. But, but, uh, you know, I, I wasn't able to be in a band, you know, I, I wasn't in a band like U2 or Coldplay or insert band that just it had such massive success. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ezra, I love the success we've had. And for me, it was always about having more irons in the fire and writing for, mm-hmm. for artists. And, and then I started a music festival, pilgrimage, pilgrimage festival in Franklin, Tennessee has turned into a major music festival. And, and so that's been you know, a great ride. And, and, uh, you know, we've, I've got a, you know, Justin Timberlake's a partner in the festival with me and some other, mm-hmm. uh, founders. Friend, and so friend of, friend of the show, Justin Timberlake, mm-hmm. uh, Justin, oh man, that, well, you know, that's why I did it. He Tennessee said, you know, native. Tennessee native. he said, he said, Kevin, I understand your uh, <laughs> concerns and your reservations about doing, doing with those guys for good reason, but give him a chance. And, uh, and I was like, are you sure? Are you sure? And he said, just, he, he said, he yelled, because uh, we were on speakerphone, he yelled to Jessica Beale and said, Jessica, should he do the podcast? And I was, and he's like, yes, they're great guys. I love that. And, I love when the family gets behind us. Yes. Um, I actually saw, I saw, I, I, all joking aside, our friend David uh, works with him, and we saw, I went to the last tour, and um, man, that motherfucker's got songs. Like, you kind of forget, like, how deep the catalog is. Oh, man, he, he is... Uh, He's that that we, uh, we call it a five tool uh, performer. I don't know what all the tools are, but he can dance, he can sing, he can act, <laughs> he can write, he can cook. I'm sure, but he's such mm-hmm. a badass. He's a good dude. He can valet and, the cars. He's got. Oh my god! But, but you talk. You're you're right. As a performer, you know one thing I love. One thing that if you're if you get the you know, kind of the chip off your shoulder when you're trying to be cool when you first start your band. And you kind of open up your eyes. You realize the thing that sustains you through a career, regardless of your your genre, whether it's rock or indie or super hipster alternative or, or super pop, authenticity um, 
is what separates the the men from the boys and and Justin Timberlake's just got you know authenticity and mm-hmm. I, it doesn't matter if I've I'm with some guy who hates everything you know he's like a Jack Black version of the, uh, the mm-hmm. Jack Black's character in High Fidelity who hated everything you know everybody loves this guy you know and um, because he's the real deal he he brings it for sure I, I, I love but. I agree. But this podcast is not about him. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. Uh, we do we do a separate Justin Timberlake fan podcast. Mm. Um, also available on Spotify, of course. Um, I love it. But you know, we we we'll save that for another time. Um, I think. Did you now in the in the when you were touring touring uh, in the early days? Did you guys? Was it? I guess in that time, was it a lot of packages or was it the classic opener headliner? Like, or were you guys opening for you too? You know what I mean? Like most, uh, so many of our peers did the, did the opening thing. We're opening for bigger bands, but Ezra was lucky in that. I think we were lucky in that, uh, good was already number one when we got signed. So we never took, uh, wait, it was number one independent. Yeah. So it, it was already number one at 99 X in Atlanta. Oh, classic. We love and, big shout out to 99 X. The right? show. Leslie Fram, big shout out. Leslie Fram. Look in Leslie She's in Nashville now, right? Leslie is one of the, is a higher up at, uh, CMT, you know, love the, to see the and she's such a great person. We're still very close. So we already had it. It wasn't. It wasn't number one nationally, but at, at the stations that really mattered to us, it was number one. So when Electric came along, they just had to add the money to you know get it to all the other PDs. Yeah. Um. So we never we never did an opening tour. Um. Back in the day. Um. F- for anybody. It, later. I mean, only in the past five years have we gone out on tour with. Bands like Bare Naked Ladies, where you know we were, we, we supported them, and that's fine. Uh, that, but well, that I think that the support thing, <laughs> right? And the support thing now, though, I think that it's at the point where people don't even pay attention. Like it doesn't. No. I, 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 I think the bigger the band, the less people care about who's opening. Yeah, and and you know, it's and look, these are kind of summer package tours we do now. You yeah, know, yeah. Where, a big but, shed, uh, like, a big like, shed summer. Yeah, this summer it was this past summer it was uh, was actually right now it's supposed to be Goo Goo Dolls better than Ezra and Tonic out on the road. Mm, I'm a big I'm a big right. Goo fan. We're a Goo positive podcast. Goo well. Goo positive. Uh, and I was fired up about. And there was there were great venues. We were gonna, we were going to do Red Rocks again, mm. and and that would have been a blast. Uh, but um, yeah. So so but but we were always we always had bands open for us and we had so many great bands. I was going to ask did anybody go on to really like do it? Um oh, well there well we'll train uh, Matchbox 20, a lot yeah. of 90s bands. Yeah. Uh, that ended up having bigger success than us open for us. But then then a lot of cool bands like James Hall and Pleasure Club, uh Brad, Marcy Playground opened up for us. Yeah. Uh a lot of bands that ended up, uh, you know, maybe eclipsing our success, but uh, but we, we so we were always able to be our own headliner, and that was really cool. Do you have any, you know, my one of my favorite bands from that era that I think is truly underappreciated is the Gin Blossoms. Um, oh yeah. I do you do you have any Gin Blossoms tales? <laughs> you know what we, we we didn't play any shows with them until uh, until later. Much, much later, uh, and really kind of in the past four or five years, because their manager knew our manager, and we've done some shows with them. I got to say that the best the best package tour is Gin Blossoms and Tonic, and they call it Gin and Tonic. Uh, Damn. 
was what a great what a great uh, name. But it was but written know, in the stars. I know, right? I know those guys. Um, uh, you know, and, and that first album is is such a great pop record. You know, I mean, uh, I just the song Allison Road to me is like one of the best. I just love it. It's like an all time, and I just, uh, I you know, I, I just. Uh, they they had a little bit of a moment, but it didn't, it didn't go as big as it. As you know, it you know those guys. I think if they had been maybe a more compelling live band, yeah, you know, and mm. uh, if they were a little they, more blossom, a little less gin, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Mm. Uh, but but that's just who they are, and their songs are timeless. You know, they they're always they they will always tour, they will always do well, and uh, and yeah, and. I just think a lot of that Goo Goo Dolls too. I think a lot of that era is like pretty influenced by like the replacements and like Big Star and stuff that I really like and think is super cool. And I don't think people really realize that because of like the radio play and like the era, um, which I also think is interesting. Oh well, it, it, it's funny. Uh, replacements were were look they were the DNA of the Goo Goo Dolls. If you listen yeah, to name, yeah. it sounds like classic Paul Westerberg. But then. You know, so and there's such a long, there's a, a litany of bands that were so good but didn't have the success they should have, but influenced bands that took their sound and made it big. You know, certainly Goo Goo Dolls, were, you know, were influenced heavily by, 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 uh, you know, re- replacements and Paul Westerberg. You know, on a different level, better than Ezra. I mean, good. If you listen to Good, it's basically me trying to do a Pixie song. You know, sure, and, sure, sure. And, and and so and it was it was that whole uh, loud, quiet, loud. Uh, yeah, for sure. Writing a song, and that that's there's it, that's not a it's not a coincidence that the documentary of of the Pixies is called Loud, Quiet, Loud, and what it means is you know it's the same chords. You're just using a distortion pedal and dynamics to go from verse to chorus to bridge, verse chorus. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, Nirvana we made all, that pretty big as well. Yeah. And and so so many bands that ended up being you know that you hear on Hot AC Radio you know we we all started off as alternative bands but then as times changed what was alternative became kind of middle of the road and now Jim Blossoms I'm not sorry not Jim Blossoms but uh, Goo Goo Dolls I mean they've had such massive hits but but they're they're great songs and uh, and Johnny Resnick has such a cool voice but it started off I mean Jim Blo- Goo Goo Dolls were were we're like a punk band. Those that's, first what I, that's what I mean. That's what I don't think people realize is like all this shit has to, cause I grew up, Jason and I both grew up going to like punk and hardcore shows. And right. We had, we, there were bands out of that world that kind of went on in the same way to kind of make it, you know, and, in, in whatever, whatever that means with a major label or whatever. Right. Um, but I think people have a hard time imagining some of these bands before the radio, like they oh, had yeah. a life that they had a life before this, you know? Um, the, the, yeah. And that, and, it's it's good that they kind of evolved and and became what they became because they would you know they'd be selling insurance or doing whatever now. Uh, That's true. That's so a good like point. like some of their peer like some of their peers, but uh, yeah, that you know they did they all. It's fun to go back and see where a band came from. You know, you know. I, I mean the Goo Goo. I mean, gosh, it makes for some reason early Goo Goo, Goo, Goo Dolls makes me think of the Lemonheads too. You know. And, oh, don't get me started on the Lemonheads. That's top five of all time for me. Shame it's a shame Ray. about Ray. Oh. Maybe one of the greatest records ever made, right? My man, you hear that, Jason? You hear that? Loud and clear, loud and clear. <laughs> I you know, and then, and then and then you can't then you can't forget that Evan Dando was such a babe. 
Dando, Dan, he was honestly, I think he sabotaged his career because he was tired. He was so good looking. Like I think well, that he too, 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 hot, too hot to rock. He couldn't it, it, get the it, respect. It, it, he felt like writer. he needed to. I, he couldn't. He, you know, and that, all that was self imposed because people loved his music and he was a great looking dude. But he got mm. so fucked up from drugs and he never. And I don't know if he's clean now. No, he's not. I mean, he's still ruined his career, man. And it's such a shame. Um, but he was such a badass. I saw them. They we played a show with them before we were signed. I think in like '93, the Zephyr Fest in New Orleans, and he was hanging out with. You know the actress Mila Jovovich. Movie? Oh yeah, yeah, we're familiar. You know from Ooh. from all the Resident all the Resident Evil movies. Well, before she got big, she had an album that was this weird kind of Whoa. goth, this chamber pop. It was called <laughs> what was it called? The Divine Comedy, and it was super pretentious kind of. It, but she was. She had performed at this at this show, and I was like, "Oh my god, this girl's amazing! Who is this?" Mm-hmm. And Dan and Dando was with her. Son of a bitch! <laughs> Fucking Dando! Fucking Dando! Yeah, as soon as you see, uh, you know, a young Mila Jojovich backstage, and then Dando appears in the background, yeah, you might as done. well just throw, yeah, throw in the hat. It's a, it's so, a throw in the towel. Like he's gonna he's gonna toss those locks chair style. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's that's so funny. I, yeah, we talk about Lemonheads a lot. I mean, a lot of my friends like that are my age, like late thirties, like yeah, have that affinity for that record, especially. Um, but I do think he's the kind of guy who's he's disappeared and done this stuff, so it makes the mystique like that much greater. You know, it, it does. You know, and he, he's just such a. It's a he's kind of a tragic. It's a tragic story. Totally. Um, but but then then maybe like a maybe hotter eight, Elliot Smith. Yeah, 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 exactly. Look, um, gosh, I was just listening to Elliot Smith the other day. Um, You guys are Elliot Smith fans, right? Oh, clearly. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I mentioned this guy once already in the cast. Let's just call it (laughs) apostrophe cast. (laughs) Uh, Go right ahead, sir. Okay, guys, your next favorite artist is Christian Lee Hudson. Where's he from? Uh, I'm not sure where he's from, but he has an album that came out May 29th of this year. It's called Beginners, mm-hmm. and I, I just—I've given you a gift. You'll oh. thank me later. But and if you, you, you have, a, did you did you write some of these songs? I, I no, nothing to okay, do. Okay, this with is this all. is not okay. All mm-hmm. right, I got turned on to him by uh, Matt Nathanson. Well, posted. it's on it's on Anti, which I do like. Uh, yeah, and um. And just just listen listen to atheist listen to lose this number or a talk listen to talk. I feel it's, like my I feel like a friend of mine who's a big Dando head actually sent me this. Now that I'm oh, looking it, at the it's cover, it's insane. If you listen to it, and you're like, oh my god, this is like the love child of Elliot Smith and John Lennon and Evan Dando, and then throw in such great. Nut. He's he's kind of like he has a new voice in lyric writing. I think, you know, as 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 kind of different as Ben Gibbard did when he came out with Death Cab. You know, mm-hmm. just I super- will. We're not yeah. a pro Death Cab podcast, unfortunately. <laughs> but but can't win them all, brother. I, I Death Cab was a moment in time for sure. They were oh for sure. Huge. I just love the I love the lyrics. But check that record out. That's, More of a postal service my... fan over here. But yeah, go ahead. I will I will check this out. Um, I think. That's. I think we're good. Thanks for coming on. One yeah, one last question for you. Oh, go ahead, Jason. Oasis or Blur? Uh, oh, that's a tough one. 
It's not. It, you, it's you not want a tough just, one, actually. It's not a tough one at all. So, so make sure okay, you get the right it, answer. It, it, it is a very I, tough one. God, it's hard because I, if I had to listen to nothing but those two bands, one band, I would say Blur. Oh, my God. Well, the podcast is getting deleted. Um, <laughs> no, thank you for your time. Uh, <laughs> Well, I had a, I had a feeling you would say that answer, and Chris is a is a is a very giant Oasis. So, so fan. no, let me let me tell you, let me tell you, I love mm-hmm. Oasis. I love Noel Gallagher. I, I love Liam. Mm-hmm. Um, man, we had we had Noel Gallagher booked this year, twenty twenty, at Pilgrimage Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I love all their records and and Supernova. That documentary is so fucking brilliant. Mm-hmm. But but then again, I I, I love. Uh, Damon Albarn songwriting and mm-hmm. coffee and cigarettes and I mean, thirteen and park life is a, is a smash. I mean, don't and maybe it's because I'm kind of discovering more old Blur albums and songs than I am mm-hmm. Oasis because I've worn them out. So that's kind of who I'm more into now. So so sorry I said the wrong I th- thing. I think Please Oasis don't. obviously very amazing, important band, but they were a little bit more of a one trick pony, which was a good trick. But Blur, they kind of covered a whole lot of ground and they could do it all very well. And they had, I think they had more good albums than Oasis did. Now, look, Oasis mm. is great, but Oasis had, you know, definitely maybe. They had some then, stinkers. Then, then the, the last two albums were so coke drenched, mm-hmm. kind of crap. Okay, um, guys. Okay, we're gonna wrap not it in up. a good way. <laughs> not in a good way because you, you guys can't see me, but my eyes are popping out of my head. Right there's now, a lot of I'm, there's a lot of coke drenched albums that are very good because of it. <laughs> Yeah, because you know, like the Strokes or something like that. You know, that oh, first yeah. record was Coke drenched in the best way, but it can, oh, it, the can best. it can go dark. It can go Johnny Depp Coke drenched. I can, look, I I appreciate your as you're professional, so I respect your opinion more than others, Kevin. You know what I mean? And I, <laughs> Jason's opinion, I could care less about. Your opinion, I feel like it's coming from a place that I'm not used to hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, also, I'm I'm the kind of person who's very influenced by swag. And mm. no one, no one has more than Oasis in their. Prime. No one has more swag than fucking Liam when he was in yeah. his prime, man. No one has more swag with so that think- anorak on, just fucking. It's a hundred degrees, and he's got five layers on, and he's cool <laughs> as a cucumber. I can't. I just can't look. I can't get past that. And maybe that's maybe that's for the best. For I feel me. like I want yeah. to smoke two cigarettes at a time as soon as we finish this podcast. Do you <laughs> want? Do you want a reunion? Do you want Oasis to go back out? I will fly to Glastonbury and pay. I'll I'll take a helicopter from London to go see Oasis. I'll pay whatever you, it costs. Okay, I would too. I, if uh, the one-two punch that would seal the deal for me is Friday Oasis, Saturday the Smiths. Oh, dude, oh, you're yeah. wow. Yeah, you're really speaking my language. Mm. I mean, I think, and that's not know, asking too much. I that's think, not asking. Yeah, a lot. Friday you co- get in a fight with somebody. Saturday you're crying in the toilet somewhere. <laughs> I, first of all, it's not crazy because that's the least the country of England can do. You know, that's the like least really, they can do at this I point. Think, I think that um, I think that Oasis will reunite because I think Liam the, needs the money. The, the, uh, the dollars, the money's going to be too. Uh, the money's too crazy. Yeah, I, the problem is Noel doesn't Noel doesn't need it as a songwriter, as you know. So it's a yeah, little he, bit of a, a situation. Um, but look, all we can do is cross our fingers. Uh, let, let's um, cross our fingers and. Uh, and, and let's hope for the best. Mm-hmm. That's oh, what I, we can do. Real, I, I will tell you, uh, the last great show I saw at the Hollywood Bowl was Blur. Mm-hmm. Blur at the Hollywood it, Bowl Blur sounds the pretty nice. sick. It what was year, so good. What year? what year? This is like four years ago. 
Oh, okay, okay, okay. They yeah, toured I, and it was insane. Yeah, the, the, only, the only thing that makes a Blur show better when you're uh, in your 40s, being able to sit down and, at that Blur show. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Right? What, what did we... J, the, we we saw Casey Musgraves at the Bowl, right, Jason? That's right. That was our last show at the that Bowl. That poor time. thing... That poor thing. If she could, if she could just, if she was attractive, then her career would be just huge. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just the moves. I know, I know. Um, Gotta love. No, she's so good. She's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, hey guys, Kevin, thank you so much for having us. me. And sorry for my tardiness. Uh, but we we made it. We made no it happen. And, they, no. and thanks to Garrett for putting us together. Yes, yes. Thank you for Garrett Colton, uh, our Oklahoma City based friend. Uh, Longtime friend uh, and listener uh, for putting this together, and thanks to Justin Timberlake for putting it all together as well. Exactly, yeah. Let's they, well, look, let's credit where credit is due. Mm-hmm. Jessica Beale for convincing yes, me to do yes, this. Yes, with you yeah, guys. yeah, Jessica Beale. Uh, Kevin, where can they find you on on the internet, uh, Instagram, Twitter, etc.? Uh, I'm Kevin M Griffin uh, at uh, Instagram and Twitter, then Kevin Griffin and Facebook, and then Kevin Griffin Music if you're old school and only go to a website i don't even know if that thing's i don't even know if it's active anymore but but instagram's my is my jam okay great we'll find you there thanks so much kevin thank you love it guys hey guys success thank you you too man bye Bye, y'all bye